this stuff will make you a damn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Politics ruin, or rather control. Your whole life, man, you're gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Underground for episode 95. I am joined once again by Joseph. Wild West pimp style. Nations. And this is the show where every week we remind you. Politics ruins everything. Joseph, welcome back. Yeah, man. You know, that's how I was introduced. You were there at my wedding after we got married. Mr. and Mrs. Wild West pimp style. Yes, that would have been amazing. Yeah, if only it was known by then, if only it was known by then. But hey, you know, don't sell these people short. You know, uh, I'm, you know, you're my co-host, David, Super Predator Lacey. Oh, Uh, yeah, you know, that's not going to stick. I'm not going to let you stick that. Or I'm going to start going in here and it's going to be like Joseph. I am a racist. Nations. (laughs) Joseph Goblin. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, the yeah, demon yeah. going around to the giraffe, a baby uh, giraffe. <laughs> Joseph. He's a demon. Nations. <laughs> what did the baby giraffe do? Yeah, what, why Why is there a demon hanging out with a baby giraffe? <laughs> oh, man, for anyone wanting to know the context of that, if you didn't listen to our previous episode, you can literally just listen to the first five minutes and you'll get the context. Yeah, it'll be right there for you. All right. Well, why don't we just go ahead and jump into the? Oh no, you have to. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh man, you're just excited. I admire. You got to keep me on track. You got to keep me on track. And you have passion for this podcast. The best way you can support us is by going to our show notes and clicking that direct.me link. We utilize the value for value system here. We don't rely on sponsorships, but hey, you know what? If you're Amazon, if you're McDonald's or whoever, and you want to donate to our podcast, you can donate the same way, except for your fee is much more expensive. (laughs) But no, uh, you can go to our direct.me link and you can click our PayPal link donation. All we're asking for is a dollar a month reoccurring payment. So $12 for an entire year. Uh, if you want to give more than that, you can, but, uh, you can also add a note to that when you do your donation, we'll le- read it live on air. Along with that, you can also find our Bitcoin wallet address on our link, as well as our YouTube Odyssey, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you are, uh, if you have a YouTube account and you don't follow us, subscribe to us on there, like comment, engage with us. We respond essentially to everyone. And we try to do the same thing with TikTok, but we've, We've been b- b- taken off on TikTok and on YouTube, and it can get uh, to where we can't respond to necessarily everyone. Dude, it's just we, too much. Yeah, yeah but we pretty much. much respond to 90% of everyone. If you're cool on TikTok, uh, we'll probably respond otherwise. Yeah. TikTok's a little bit more difficult Yeah, uh, because at some point when you get the 30th comment in a row of saying the exact same thing, it's like, bro. Just read a couple of comments ahead of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But outside of that, follow us on Odyssey as well. You know, follow us on Twitter. You know, feel free to engage with us there on Instagram. Email us. I mean, you know, do the shebang. And the value for value system we have is your time, talent, treasure. So we've already covered the treasure part and your time, your talent. Just, you know, if you want to do some audio and video editing for us, if you want to do some cover art, if you find an interesting video or article, send it to us or any any art or talent along with the time that you have that you want to donate to us because you think you're getting value from our YouTube, value from our social media, value from our podcast, you can do that there. 
Alrighty. I, you know what was funny? You would mention McDonald's. Did you hear about the Russians taking over that McDonald's? Yes, and I did. It's some, the exact same thing. Yeah, th- someone was like, the, a report came about out about how good the food tastes, and they're like, it's exactly the same. <laughs> I just thought it was <laughs> Dude, funny. Uh, I heard that report, and I was thinking of we have a donut shop here where I live, and it used to be a Krispy Kreme, but now it's a mom and pop store, and the donuts are fire there, and it's Ooh. literally just because I wouldn't say it's the exact same thing because. Theirs are way better than Krispy Kreme. Although they don't do a white cream filled donut. I'm going to have to say something to them about that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I was trying to think of a good segue into it, but we're just... Speaking of white cream filled donuts. Uh, wh- <laughs> what? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, speaking of fla- things that flopped and may or may not return i don't know whatever uh i I wanted to talk about this just because i I thought it was kind of interesting you know we don't always dive into sort of the the theme park side of disney or any of that stuff outside of their movies or television shows but this was kind of hilarious to me and so i just i wanted to to talk about it so it says uh why did the star wars hotel flop disney desperate to find out uh, and I, I think it's funny the way that they are phrasing this um, because it's like, wait, Disney couldn't figure it out. Were they not listening to anyone? <laughs> so it, <clears throat> I'll, I'll just read through a couple of these tweets that they put out because this is just a style of reporting that happens on Twitter sometimes. Uh, and it, it says a year ago in August uh, 2021, word got out that Disney was about to launch a fully immersive Star Wars experience at Disney. It sounded like the perfect getaway for a Star Wars superfan, but that's not what ended up happening. Now Disney is trying to figure out why the incredibly expensive hotel flopped. Now, when they say incredibly expensive, uh, you might be able to look up how much uh, a ticket was, but I want to say it was like 5K a person. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like... That is insane. It was crazy, and I think it was only for like a weekend... Uh, so it says, yeah, why the ex- uh, incredibly expensive hotel flopped and the company is spending even more money to try to find out why. So according to Disneyland news, which is also really interesting that they have their own news source, uh, the company is looking to understand why their first fully immersive hotel experience was so bad that no one wanted to book a stay. And I, I'm thinking to myself, it's like, you just said it was inc- incredibly expensive. Um, essentially they're paying even more money to try and find out why their Star Wars hotel was seemingly a flop not seemingly it seems that it was Yep. Um, former guests received an email titled invitation to participate in research for Disneyland Resort where they were asked if they'd be willing to share what went wrong per Disneyland news Uh, the focus group uh, uh, the focus group they are being asked to participate in is 90 minute virtual session that will take place during the last week of June uh, participants will be paid $175 via Disney gift card for their time which I think is really funny that they're just <laughs> they're like here's <laughs> hey uh, we think this thing sucked do you want some money so you can buy more of our stuff <laughs> Uh, there was early criticism when the first look photos were released ahead of the hotel opening uh, which isn't a hundred percent accurate. I don't r- know if you remember the the like launch trailer, quote unquote, that they released mm. for this. It was really cringe. 
<laughs> oh, that's not surprising. And it was so bad that they took it down. <laughs> like they removed <laughs> it from they removed it from YouTube. Uh, the concern stemmed from small hotel rooms, which was true, and the whole experience of being indoors. And that's ultimately the criticism that was heard when the hotel opened on March first, uh, and booking. Uh, bookings stalled so what's interesting is that they seemingly have already heard some of the problems right uh which is really funny and i i'm gonna i'm gonna be interested to see how much money they end up oh yeah uh, it says oh no nobody is booking disney's five thousand dollar a night star wars hotel so that was a uh an article that uh, these people had wrote previously yep uh oh man five thousand a night that is insane dude uh, just what are these people thinking? So anyway, and it, go, it kind of goes on. They were talking about it being an immersive hotel, Disneyland Resort hosting paid focus groups for Star Wars Galactic, Star Cruiser immersive hotel. So yeah, I just think it's really funny that they seem to be completely clueless as to why their $5,000 a night uh, goofy looking <laughs> Star Wars hotel uh, didn't do well. It couldn't be the price tag. Besides the fact that no one really wants Disney Star Wars, they want the original trilogy anyway. So this, yeah, I mean, you can go watch videos of this stuff, guys, and kind of figure it out for yourself. But it, it looked pretty cringe, and just kind of the way that they were doing things uh, just seemed off. Um, and that one of the complaints that I remember hearing from people was that it just didn't have the aesthetic, the real aesthetic of Star Wars. You know how we talk, and what's funny is that it's a high-end hotel, so obviously everything's going to be really clean, but if you look mm-hmm. at a lot of Star Wars, Star Wars is a very, like, lived-in universe a lot of the mm-hmm. time. You know, the Rebel Alliance, they're not, they're not really rich. They're supposed to be this ragtag group of people. You know, Han Solo is driving the equivalent of, like, an RV in space. Yeah, you know, I mean that it, it's so accurate that spaceballs—that was what he was driving. The character was driving in spaceballs was an RV instead of the Millennium <laughs> Falcon. So, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. I mean, it's just another one of those things we were talking in the last. I don't know if we talked about mm-hmm. it in the episode or if you and I were talking about it before, but Disney's been having some trouble with their stock prices, and I guarantee because this news just came out mm-hmm. uh, like four days ago, give or take. Yeah, and so it's not a surprise when you hear that this ex- incredibly expensive hotel was in massive failure that their their price is going to go down um and this is just another notch in the belt of disney doing things and that are so disconnected uh from the fan base that made star wars what it is yeah um and uh i have to be very specific about that because there's a lot of people out there that still think everything disney does is like golden poo uh- like it's just yeah, the shiny, crazy. yeah it's just oh it's i don't so, think there's been so great one good Star Wars movie or TV show that Disney has put out. I think I'm in the minority, though. Well, in hindsight, I'd probably agree with you. I, I, the only one that most people would probably disagree with is um, Rogue One. And Oh, I, yeah, I forgot about Rogue One. I, yeah. I, th- I think Rogue One... I think Rogue One is good. ...is mostly good, yeah. I, 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 I'm, it's kind of boring, and I don't think a lot of the characters are all that interesting. There's a few of them that are. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone always remembers the robot... Which I think is really funny. It's like you have this huge, diverse cast of characters, and everyone's like, "Well, the robot was pretty cool." 
<laughs> My favorite part is when everyone gets uh, blown the smithereens well, at the end. Yeah, that was something that a, a lot of people were like, wow, a slightly more serious take on Star Wars, and then yep. nothing else that we got was anything like that. And nope. it's only for about half the movie. Everything else is them. I, I think, um, who's the guy that plays Saw Gerrera in that? Um, he He's the black guy. Uh, that narrows it, it down. Save the dream. Do you not remember that part? No, I, I don't uh, remember the movie. I had to watch it again. But name? I'm not going to do that because I don't want to support um, Disney. Rogue One. If Even though I'll be watching Prey and that will be technically supporting them because they own Hulu. Yeah. Well, I have Hulu. I Actually, Hulu I like despite them owning it. I think there's a lot of uh, good content on there. It's a lot, unlike Netflix, uh, yeah. that just keeps churning out like all their crap. Hulu just doesn't do that as much, and then the stuff that they've curated is a little bit better. I'm, I'm thinking uh, about watching that Sandman show on Netflix. Saw Guerrero was played by Forrest Whitaker. I just okay. couldn't remember Forrest Whitaker's name for some reason. Um, yeah, I, I, I well, I want to get Netflix back eventually because there's some stuff on there. I, I do want to watch the new Stranger Things series, um, and then... Uh, Castle, there's going to be a new Castlevania series that's coming out uh, pretty soon, mm. and then um, yeah, I'm curious about Sandman, even though I don't, I don't know anything about the books. Yeah, so. I don't, I don't either. And I'm, you, I think that's a good thing though, because we'll be able to just see their take on it. Yeah, yeah and grade sure. it for that. You know, and that's not a bad thing. But so one of the things that we've been comments we've been getting on YouTube and primarily on TikTok. I don't, you can tell me if we've been getting this on YouTube. I can't remember, but I'm sure we have. Is that, uh, you know, they rewrote Halo and made this new adaptation on the TV for the TV show because they wanted to reach a wide and broad and global audience, right? Uh-huh. And rather than having you listen to me and, and hear my retort to that, just play this clip. Okay. The whole thing? The whole thing. All right. Hours, one of the most eagerly awaited video games finally goes on sale. She's preparing to rewrite retail history. A video game is expected to have bigger <laughs> first day revenues than any movie diversity. has ever had an opening day at the box office. Biggest retail launch in entertainment history. You know, history. dozens of grown men and probably about three women have crawled out of their parents' basements tonight to be first in line to buy the new video game Halo 2. Video gamers across the country are anxiously awaiting the midnight release of a game called Halo 2. 45 minutes and counting for Halo Two to go on sale. The line right now is probably about 100 yards. Long. It is the most anticipated game in entertainment history. Well, if you're an Xbox gamer, there's a good chance you're pretty tired right now. Halo Two sold 2.4 million units in 24 hours. Now, I understand there's a few more states to put in the red and blue columns. We're going to go back to the map and rob Cordry. Rob, looking at the... Rob. Yeah! Yeah! Suck it! Suck it! Where's your alien plasma rifle now, bitch? Rob! Wow! Oh! Are you playing Halo? No. The anticipation around that, you know, coming, that, that, that Halo 2 was going to land, um... I think it was, it was just a, a kind of magical moment. That's so, pretty cool. That, I mean, that pretty much speaks for itself. I don't know if, if you heard in there, but it had uh, had a better opening release than a bunch of movies as well, not just video games. And so... And, and at the time, that... Okay, so what, just to add a little extra context to it. So the Xbox console 
I think that that game sold over two million copies. I don't remember what the exact number he said in that was in the first twenty four hours. Yeah, in the first twenty four hours, and you're talking about that was uh, Microsoft's first. Yeah, well, so it was two thousand three or four, and it was Xbox's first console still, mm-hmm. right? And they were the second most sold console because the PS2 existed at the time. Mm-hmm. So for them to have that much hype, have that kind of sales numbers uh, around a game like that, man, I remember that. Like that that mm-hmm. brings back that brings back some stuff um, for that and for Halo Three uh, of just being so stoked to play that game to get together with your friends um yeah i don't know what audience they thought that they were doing they were reaching with that show but yep uh, because i love how it shows just an entire diverse group of people as the clip clips go on Uh right and you know and it has already reached a wide and global and broad audience. So it's really what they were just trying to do is repurpose it and create their own fan fiction. Oh, it's complete it. it's complete garbage. And I you know, I streamed a little bit of the first Halo uh mm-hmm. last week and just trying to kind of get a feel for it again cuz it's been a long time since I've played it. I want to go through mm-hmm. 2 and 3 as well. Um and the the new one, I think it's supposed to be getting the multiplayer function for the story soon. If it already hasn't, anyway. All that being said, there's a lot of that they could have worked with with the game alone to have made yep. a series based on the first Halo game, and I think they could have made it pretty good if they had tried. There's a lot of mystery to it, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's a a lot of content to pull for a a story about uh, Master Chief going to the Halo oh, yeah. with the Marines. Um, not to mention, and this is something I, I didn't realize until I started playing the game, uh, the rocket launcher in Halo is a very um, iconic weapon. I don't think it ever shows up in the show. They and didn't. I, there were a couple people in the, the chat who had watched our, our uh, series on that, mm-hmm. and I had asked them, I was like, was there even a rocket launcher in Halo? It's and crazy, of, right? Yeah, one of the guys was like, "Oh, I've I've had to put that show out of my mind." <laughs> but <laughs> like, yeah, I don't. Who did they I don't, make that show for? I don't know. And, and I, don't, I know. don't like that argument that they had to. I think it's a a poor argument to say, "Well, they had to make it to reach a broad audience because the video game uh, didn't, and the video game is immature, or it's hard to adapt a video game to the screen." No. Uh, and this any is, other piece of work. This is all what I'll, I'll always say towards people who are like they needed to reach a broad audience. Disney took a comic book that has a talking raccoon and a talking tree, a green lady, and a, a dark green man with knives, and made an incredibly successful movie. Uh, well, two movies, and they're some of the pe- people's favorite characters. In mm-hmm. the MCU, a talking tree, and he only says one thing. Yes. So this uh, this idea that you have to do these dumb, old school Hollywood things in order to attract a large audience, uh, it's not a good it's not a good argument at all. Mm-mm. That you have to create your own thing, completely rewrite the character, redo them, changing the fundamental aspects of what made it popular to begin with. Yeah. Because like, then you have to ask yourself, who are you creating this for? Yeah. And they didn't even track the general audience that they were trying to reach. And they then they also have written off the fans of Halo as well. Exactly. And 
there's there's a running sort of criticism that a lot of the characters that were in that were characters from the books mm-hmm. but most of them were aliens and so they changed that they well not only did they change them from aliens to humans but they also changed their um uh, their personalities or kind of how mm-hmm. their storylines in that. So yep. like one of the characters that's in it, you know, the create the black guy who's like gone insane because he was living with the covenant. Yes. So he was a jackal in the books and he was a, he was like an informant, I think for uh, the Marines. And so uh. they, and it was like, why did you change him to human? Did you not think that people could associate with like an alien creature or whatever, or find some sort of identification in that or, um, mm-hmm. you know, were they going to be like, wow, that's too unrealistic or some something stupid? Yeah. Um, and then apparently someone had told me this in our comments for one of the YouTube videos that Master Chief had somewhat of a love interest in one of the books. Um, but if I remember correctly, it never worked out because Chief was so committed to the mission. Yeah. Uh, and this is the thing is that people in our comment section giving me like small examples of stuff that was written in the books. I'm like, y'all are giving me better character development for, for these characters than anything they showed in the show. And it makes more, it makes more sense. Yeah. The idea that chief would potentially find someone that he had feelings for, but ultimately he decides that the mission is more important. Isn't, is, very uh a very good character moment and it also makes sense for who master chief mm-hmm. is right a- and we got nothing none of that no so. uh, well the first rule is that you have to be a fan right and that's why you get those comments on youtube is because they actually care about the canon right the yeah. thing they're talking about yeah they they want to see they want to see these stories and these characters realized correctly not just yep. uh, a hollow version of them on screen yep exactly which is a perfect segue into our next oh, yeah. uh, clip, oh, which we're going to be responding to the Tolkien professor and the argument he gives on fan fiction. Uh, stumbled across this on TikTok, and I think you had actually showed me this, didn't you, or did I show you it? No, I think this one was was all you. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, you can play it, and I'll just. I can't remember exactly when, but I'll just tell you to stop when. Yeah, he stop. he makes some some interesting comments in here and Uh, i guess before we begin heading into this how would you i'll I'll tell you my definition of fan fiction then i want you to kind of give what you think okay if you you just say if you agree with me and if you want to add to my definition you can yeah yeah, so i would say what fan fiction means is it's a story based off of a major piece of literature or film written by a fan right someone who loves the the fantasy work or whatever you want to call it right yeah and uh, when it's used, when someone, you know, the fan fiction can be good or bad, right? Some people write it and, you know, it will be so great that some people will consider it like almost canon, right? It's not canon, but it's 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 that to that level, yeah. almost there to that level, I should say. Yeah. And then sometimes it's just bad. But when, if I was to write fan fiction for The Lord of the Rings and, you know, detail Bilbo's, uh, childhood right right you know that's entirely different if i was to post it here on youtube right and and everything and people were saying well this is good or bad fanfic that's entirely different from these major corporations doing uh, a production of a show and 
us insulting them by calling it fan fiction because they're trying to pass it off as being faithful to the IP, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I I would add that um I would say majority of the time it's not very good. Most of the fan fiction that has ever seen any sort of popularity has been stuff like um is it Twilight? No, no, no. It's uh Fifty Shades of Grey is fan fiction of Twilight. Oh uh, um, there's is, a huh? yeah, there's a series called After that's why you were talking about it so much. Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah. <laughs> um, there, mo, uh, I think that, and I'd have to actually go look this up, but I want to say that there's a series of books and they turned them into these really cringy movies called After, about mm-hmm. a girl who, who basically uh, meets a guy and the whole thing is like Harry Styles fan fiction. So yeah, I guess it would technically be fan fiction, even if it's not yeah. specifically based on something like Lord of the Rings or whatever the case may be. Right. So what right. happens a lot of the time with fan fiction is it's very, and I mean this in the negative sense, it's very derivative of its source material. Yes. So Twilight already not exactly being very well written and not very good, and then someone making a fan fiction of that you're already kind of digging yourself a deeper hole and then of course 50 shades of gray just being trash yeah really right Um, and but uh, the idea behind fan fiction is you're taking something that's already been made and you're writing uh you're adding to the story right but making it up yeah right and it's not it's not canon um, though you're right, right. I, I, there's the only thing that I can think of that I would consider an exception uh, to the rule mm-hmm. uh, with it not being considered canon is that I think that there's a strong enough argument for The Witcher uh, 1, 2, and 3 mm-hmm. because they pick up after the books mm-hmm. and they're so good and there's so much extra detail and the stories are really cool and the monster hunts and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that I I would make an exception for those stories right. being a continuation of the original books because they right because of how faithful they are to the you know yeah in the sense of respecting the characters respecting the books exactly uh, the, the the spirit the tones the themes mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. right yeah it actually gives sort of a and uh, though I don't know uh, apparently they're making another one but at least the trilogy that trilogy mm-hmm. of games uh, ultimately gives some closure to Siri and Yennefer and that whole thing and. You know, uh, it's cool too because like you kind of get to decide how that ends a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it it just depends. Some some people will argue it's not, um, and it's fine. I, I don't really care at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, let, let's go ahead and watch this. I guess. Yeah. And and the important thing to remember is that fan fiction, in order to something be considered that, is to be a fan of it. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Good morning, TikTok. Corey Olson, the Tolkien professor here. So I noticed something interesting yesterday. Yesterday I was reading uh, tweets in my Twitter account about the Rings of Power series, which I kind of get bombarded with. And I noticed something, I noticed that there's this trend towards people who are dismissive of the Rings of Power show to call it something like that Amazon fan fiction. And it's the use of that term, fan fiction, with dismissal and scorn that particularly interested me. 
You see, I myself might have used the word with a similar tone, you know, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, as an English it. professor, it was part of my... Co- All right. So when he talks about using fan as an English as professor, an insult, it was... Dang it, sorry. Right? You're fine. Start as an insult, the... The thing you got to realize, what I said earlier, is when you're calling a major Hollywood work fan fiction, you're going to, there's a broad definition of fan fiction, right? And a narrow definition of fan fiction. And he's intermingles between both of them. Generally, he's coming from the broad definition, which, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you think of literature, you know, there's the broad definition of literature, and then you have a specific definition of literature. Then you have great works of literature, right? Like Shakespeare, Jane Austen. Uh, J.R. Tolkien, so on and so forth. Um, and so, you know, when a fan labels Amazon's work as fan fiction, that's specifically an insult because they, they're a huge billion dollar company, a trillion dollar company, aren't they? Yeah. And well, yeah, so that's, that's something <laughs> it's like if somebody was to call our YouTube channel, uh, you know, you oh, have the quality well, of production of a YouTube it, channel. No, it's, like, well, it, yeah, duh. It's when when someone's because this has actually happened to us when someone was like disappointed because we weren't being professional in the way we said stuff, and I was like, "It's news to me that we're professionals." I I don't know where you know you got <laughs> you got that from, but yeah. So I, this is the thing exactly. I, fan fiction in a in and of itself is it's not high quality work most of the time. Now you might have mm-hmm. some of it that is. But when you're talking in a general like sense, this is just stuff that people are writing because they're fans of certain characters and they mm-hmm. wanted to make up some stories for them. Um, and that's where and, the insult comes from in this because yep. it's like you were saying, they're a million dollar. These are this is multi million dollars that's being spent on a show, and it's just completely made up. And they've five hundred million for the first season. Yeah, they've they've taken a few of the characters that you know and they've thrown them into quote unquote Middle Earth in order to to make this. Well, I wouldn't even insult people who have written fan fiction. I wouldn't even insult them by saying that Amazon's work is fan fiction because, again, as I said, you have to be a fan of it to begin with that. At least most fan fiction work comes from people who are trying to be, again, faithful, loyal, respectful of the source material. Sometimes. I don't. Yeah, I, generally speaking. Yeah, I, you might be giving some of them too much credit. Uh, I, think, I think sometimes they just like you know There's Sam and Frodo about, Sam and like, Frodo aren't homosexuals and so they just yeah. like want to actually make them that so to be like they're they're you know into the source material and trying to be faithful that into it <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that though and so yeah. it's it's just something people need to understand that fan fiction is not taken serious it's just not taken seriously Yeah, it, yeah well, I, and I see it's not taken serious and I see Amazon's work as you know they're it, nothing so far has come across like they care about Tolkien, that they're fans of his work, right? Yeah. And it's they come in to repurpose, to change the fundamental aspects of any any work to impress their ideology onto the work uh-huh. and have it fit within their worldview. So they change the characters, the themes, the song, the tones to be entirely different from what the author wrote. Yep. So it's not a genuine a genuine attempt to be loyal to the source material and flesh out some things that maybe Tolkien didn't expand upon. Yeah. All right. Um, Go ahead. Cool. Part of my culture to look down on fan fiction. Um, but I, if you're a professor, professor of English literature, 
you probably should look down on fan fiction. Yeah. Don't you think? Or like... <laughs> Don't you think that makes sense? I mean, what? why wouldn't you look it down on my fan fiction of Romeo and Juliet? I'm not Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would at least have some like questions as to why you decided to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like a good idea to be very critical of a piece of fan fiction yeah this feels and i and i've seen the video already but even yeah. just re-watching this it definitely has a lot of the same vibes that the videos of the guys who were like not wanting to talk about what they saw at the amazon yes. event like they're kind of playing both sides uh fence sitting a little bit um Oh, I'm a I'm a professor, but I don't think like the other professors, yeah. the other English professors. I'm the cool professor. Yeah, something like that. All right, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Realized many years ago. Now that, that's a really silly way to look at things. That is fan fiction. The creative engagement with something, right? When when you engage with a work of literature, you, you can do it in many ways, right? You can do it by reading and rereading. You can do it by, uh, 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 you know, discussing it and talking about it. And you can do it by creatively engaging with it, right? Um, and that has a really august tradition. In fact, it used to just be called literature, right? You think about fan fiction, that, that, that desire. Oh, this is the stuff I really wanted to talk about. Yeah, pause it there. So he went from, he just said like all works of literature are all works, written works are literature. Basically, he's arguing from the broad de definition of sure. literature. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so in, that means yeah, if, technically. If I, but when people are talking about literature, they're being more specific. Uh huh. They're not talking about fan fiction. You're, yes, they're talking about exactly. the Iliad, the Odyssey. They're talking yep. about ink, like the the classics. Great works of literature. Yeah, like when you go when you go into an English professor's classroom, you're not reading uh, how how Bilbo and Frodo got together. You know, what? I was trying to think of a uh, how Frodo yeah. and Sam got together. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, He ended up dumping Ro dumping Rosie, yeah. and they lived happily ever after. Yeah, yeah. And Balinor. Yeah. So, yeah it's and, not it's not that kind of thing. Like you're you're reading because apparently you're reading you can't have a a deep you know uh, male relationship without people assuming and, uh, intentions that aren't there. I I will say. I do agree that fan fiction and writing that kind of stuff can be a good creative exercise. But again, mm -hmm. who's arguing this? No, and this is the thing is that where he's wrong <laughs> is that it's not dude. that Amazon is trying to make a genuine faithful adaption of the IP. They own the IP. I don't own the IP. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, let me phrase that. They don't own the actual IP they need, the Cimmerillion and the unfinished cells, right? Right. That's what they need. But even if they did own it and they were still making this show and they're they're not making a faithful adaption of what Tolkien has made. Yeah. Right? They're but they're trying to pass it off as being faithful. I I'm not sure if I'm I'm saying this correctly. Okay. But he, th this comes off as like just him pontificating to people so with the idea that he's like he's he's taken something that he saw on Twitter which is already kind of like I mean, it's, it's Twitter, dude. It's yeah. just Twitter, dude. Like, I, and, he, and he's taking the fan fiction. Hmm, fan fiction. Well, I don't see fan fiction that way. It's like, dude, stop trying to analyze internet culture this closely. Like, it's, yeah. it's just, it's so ridiculous that you would spend three minutes analyzing someone going, 
uh, wow, look at this Amazon uh, fan fiction that they're trying to make of Lord of the Rings and mm. coming on to TikTok and, and acting as if like, I'm the English professor. I know so much about English. Fan yeah. fiction isn't a bad thing. And you're like, no one's you're saying. missing. You are missing it's, the point, dude. It's irrelevant. It's not the argument. No one is saying fan fiction is this, bad. Amazon put itself in the position to be called fan fiction because they have parts of the IP parts yeah not the whole that could and they could have written you know official canon right they could have realized it right Uh, because they purchased the ip yeah well but this kind of but that's not what they did they're trying to pass it off as being genuine but it's not it's completely made up everything in their marketing has highlighted original characters and storylines a majority of i should say not everything but a majority of it this is the kind of like thing that if he was doing this in in uh, in high school, he would have gotten beat up for it, because it's oh. it's one of those situations where it was the kid who was like over all like always over analyzing every situation and not reading the room. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Because it, it's you know you have a bunch you have some like friends hanging out together at lunch and someone's like, man, uh, I really like this hamburger. It's pretty great. And he goes, actually, and like gives you a breakdown <laughs> of the thing, and everyone just looks at him like, dude, what? I, can I just enjoy my hamburger? Can we just hang yeah. out? Like, why are you hyper analyzing this? Yeah. Why are you getting into? You know, it's that it's that kind of thing. Like, nobody wants to hang out with someone that's like this. Well, very right. few people. The internet's just kind of a weird place because um, you find your your weird your own weirdos. And I do get where you know where he could be coming from in the sense of hey, you know, saying that he's been getting a ton of Twitter comments or seeing a bunch of ton of a ton of Twitter comments, you know, regarding fan fiction. But man, you also got to realize there are a lot of bots out there too. Well, sure, but it's like it, maybe yeah, it's this, it just, this, it listen, just it, seem under like this he's understanding that <clears throat> argument that people are making when they're calling Amazon he, fan fiction. He literally says in his his description of this reflections on the word fan fiction. Used yes. dismissively or as a term of abuse, um, in particular of the upcoming. And it's as just a like, term of abuse. Yeah, dude, you you could have just gone with that. You didn't have to go into the saying. Well, I believe that it's the no, no. Fan fiction is just a thing that people do. If you want to talk about the the creative aspect of it, fine. It's a, a different conversation. But what he's doing is hyper analyzing yeah. someone being like, "Man, this fan fiction is gonna suck." And him going like, I need to analyze this deeper. Yeah, and it's like, no, you don't. You don't. You All don't. right, well, let's get let, let's to. listen to his next. Yeah, because this argument. this this part is the stuff that. Mm, yep. He's just he's he's wrong on this. Uh, to engage creatively with a work within a world that you're reading, right? Virgil did it. Dante did it. Chaucer did it. Shakespeare did it. It was part of the core tradition of what it meant to do literature. And more relevant, back to the Rings of Power, uh, Amazon adaptation of Tolkien. Um, Tolkien did it. And Tolkien didn't just do it. it was- okay, I have to stop it because adaptation and fan fiction aren't the same thing. Nope, it's, not, dude. It's, it's not the same thing. And what he's talking about, what he's gonna, about to get into, put, play it a little bit more and I'll tell you when to stop and then you can hold your thought if you can. It was Tolkien's chief mode. What he loved, the number one way in which when he was thinking about the literary works that he loved, 
he engaged with them creatively. Uh, when he discovered the Kalevala, the Finnish Kalevala, as a college student, what did he do? He wrote Kulervo. He wrote his own version. He wrote a fan fiction of the Kalevala. It's straight fan fiction of the Kalevala. And of course, many elements of The Lord of the Rings are equally that same kind right. of creative engagement with the works that he Pause. loved. Most. You see what he's doing? Hey, what he's confusing? He's confusing what you just said, adaptation, fan fiction, along with inspiration versus fan fiction. Tolkien was inspired by right. Beowulf, but he didn't call Lord of the Rings Beowulf to try and use it as a means. Beowulf to, goes to on an incredible journey. Like, yeah, he yeah. didn't. He didn't. Yeah, exactly. To try and make a profit. No, he created an original work that, yeah, he may have been inspired by Beowulf. Maybe he was inspired by some parts of the Kalevala, so on and so forth. But he didn't try and, uh, you know, you know, take the Kalevala and morph it into a story he wanted to tell by changing the characters, their class, the world, how people look, how they interacted, the themes, tones, and principles, and then said, hey, by the way, this is a loyal adaption of the Kalevala. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, people are, people who write, and you're right, he's, he's confusing this, and I'm wondering if it's on per like this. This is what I'm talking about, where it just it seems so disingenuous. Because he's an intelligent, he's, he's an intel intelligent guy. Yeah, it, but it makes me get. It, it's just my suspicion, but it's like he's doing it on purpose because he's trying to twist it into something uh, mm. to to show like, oh, they're wrong about this. I'm right about mm. about fan fiction, and it's like, nah, dude. I, I, the we're talking modern terms. Yeah, modern terms. People do not look at something like Lord of the Rings potentially being an adaptation, or him, or, or Tolkien being inspired by other works mm -hmm. uh, as fan fiction. Right? right. We're talking about where someone goes. I really like Harry Styles. I'm gonna write a story about me and Harry Styles getting together. That's <laughs> fan fiction. Why does that have to be Harry Styles? That's an, well, that's because that's true. <laughs> it's a real kidding. thing. Um, and dude, people are obsessed with him. They are yeah, obs I, like creepily obsessed with that dude. Um, I can't speak with uh, Tolkien's professor Corey. Can't remember his last name. Davis. He said, uh, "Sorry, dude, if you hear this, I just I can't remember your name. Uh, I got your first name right though. I, I can't speak to his intentions on why he's doing this, but I do agree that it is suspect, and it just seems it seems maybe he just missed the argument and missed the point. Give him that benefit of doubt, but it does seem." Given his intelligent level, intelligence level, you know, he's overthinking ah, it. it, overthinking it, it, it overanalyzing it, and also yeah, misstating the argument. That's the most generous that I could be with him is that he is absolutely overthinking the idea of someone insulting something by calling it fan fiction. Yeah, it, it, I agree. We're not we're not talking about adaptation. We're like they're not adapt. What are they adapting? What are, what is Amazon actually adapting? The appendices of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and it's like they're putting in all of these made-up characters that are uh, allegedly going to play a central role in the story. You're, you're and here's the thing, man. If they start getting into sort like modern uh, moralities and a lot of that stuff, we we're in the fan fiction phase. Yep, one hundred percent. So, do you do. want me to finish playing the rest of this? Oh, if you want to. Yeah, why not? Let, let's let him finish his Obviously, argument. of course, you know, the Rohirrim and the Anglo-Saxon texts that he loves so much. So when people, I, I would caution people against dismissing 
fan fiction and that idea of creative engagement in this way because it was it's especially ironic anyway when you do it in relation to a Tolkien adaptation because that whole impetus was really at the heart of what Tolkien himself did and so yeah actually sure all adaptations are fan fiction no no they're not no they're, and not. they're, they're not and then this thing he says it at the end right here where he's like don't dismiss um people's fan fiction it's like well okay are we talking about sally right who's got her obsession with harry styles are we talking about amazon that's saying we're going to do a faithful adaptation of the lord or yeah, the, the rings of age. power the second yeah age. the second age of lord of the rings where those are not they are not the, the same, same. and for him to be able to try to put it all into the same basket as if like all creative work is uh mm-hmm. is equal it's like it's a false equivalency it's so ridiculous I don't want to look at this guy anymore. It's a false equivalency. <laughs> All right. Now, on to this next great piece of fan fiction. <laughs> yes, this, man. I, yeah. I, everything about you like this. that segue? So, yeah, because it's, it's kind of not far from. The truth. Yes. Oh, it's a complete, uh, I can't wait to tell you my, my thoughts on this. I saw this trailer, and there is uh, something people have not pointed out anywhere and i'm glad because it will make what we have to say stand out okay uh so we're talking about prey yeah which is predator i don't know why they didn't just say the new predator movie well what that you know what what's going to happen with this right what's that this is like titling and uh, like 101 so you think she's the prey but the predator is actually going to turn out to be the prey because that's what you do yeah, because she's going to be the new Ray. Hey, you know, unfortunately, uh, Elizabeth Warren wasn't able to star in this uh, <laughs> due to scheduling conflicts. <laughs> so she had to play. Um, yeah. I, oh, I, man, we're see. all disappointed. She, you know, it would have been great to see her. So we have our our lead actress. Uh, they're Native Americans. Yep. That becomes obvious as they go along. Um, I... As far as basically kind of what happens is is that it says in the trailer, um, I want to be something to the extent of, oh man, I'm going to have to listen to Hang it. On, can I? Can, can you play yeah, it? Yeah. I think I'll be Just, right. We don't have to use this part on YouTube. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. That's it, actually. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, it is just that one line because you all think that I can now. This is important because... Uh, you know, the creators of the show have come out and said that they're trying to make a fateful adaptation or I'm sorry, they're trying to be historically accurate to the Comanche tribe. Ain't no woman in the Comanche tribe going on a hunt, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you studied history, but those dudes would have laughed. That's like, so it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like the YMS video where um, they were talking about how they were trying to make everything to the animal kingdom really accurate. And there's like all these weird things where it's like, well, first of all, animals already don't talk, dude. So <laughs> I, I know you. I know. There was some other stuff in there too that was. Oh, um, they were saying he, the other thing that was so funny about uh, specifically the Lion King, and so when people say stuff where they're like, we want to try to make it as accurate as possible to blank mm-hmm. with like that one, uh, that. They use it as a reason or as an excuse why they didn't animate expressions onto the yes. faces of the animals. But uh, if you go and look like up expressions, yeah, you go up 
you look expressions on lions for instance there's a ton of them and you can generally tell exactly what they're thinking and it's like they were just being lazy and so it's always really funny to me when they're like oh yeah we're trying to be as historically accurate as possible and it's just like no you're not stop saying that dude i was dying laughing when i heard that part i will say you know the 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 premise of this the idea you know i think if they execute it in a there's a way they could properly execute this and it's not going to be her by herself killing the predator yeah it'd have to be like a tribe thing where they all join together and then that you can put in your little like oh working as a team in a community is better than being the lone wolf Mm -hmm. um there's a phrase from game of thrones that's uh the pack survives the the lone wolf dies the pack survives i think is what it is um and you never know that could be the case i one of the things i'm disappointed about with this movie is that the guy Uh who's directing this is the guy that did 10 cloverfield lane yeah um and cloverfield is generally kind of all over the place but Mm -hmm. i like that movie quite a bit it's very Mm -hmm. i liked it too yeah it's very small like the scale of it's real small you got like three or four people uh in the entire movie and it's just kind of you know the fight to to survive and that's that's Mm -hmm. what's going on and this seems quite a bit bigger and you know uh i'm sure you were going to mention this but i'm going to beat you to it this whole thing with her shooting a bear at the beginning and then getting away from it is (laughs) she wants to go on the hunt yeah and kill like one of the most dangerous land animals she hits it in the (laughs) neck and then jumps into this like beaver dam and then because because the uh, out of convenience because the plot has to continue she gets saved by the predator and we all know yep, that, that that's the predator that, that decides to bench press it above its head yeah <laughs> yeah I, let's see if there's a shot of oh here it is oh no that's her face uh i can see it there it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and this girl's gonna beat this thing and that I, cgi is bad too, yeah by oh the, way. The, the cgi throughout the whole movie doesn't look very good i mean this was clearly no. done on a budget it's getting a a release on hulu so it's i guess i guess you can be a little forgiving a little more for generous. the budget I've got a lot of other problems with them continuing to make Predator movies that don't even go into this existing um, yeah. other than it just existing I, and it's like they're milking I think this, this thing. I think this idea is interesting like going in the in the past and doing it but the whole sure. culture of the Predators revolves around hunting the most dangerous prey and or you know the challenge of the hunt right? right and the more dangerous and challenging it is for them to hunt you know the particular prey they're after uh, the more prestige and honor they earn back home from their tribe. Right. And so essentially they're intergalactic trophy hunters. Yeah. Who hunt for sport and prove yeah. themselves as the best killers in the galaxy. Yeah. And, you know, my biggest problem with this movie is that in the first Predator movie, we spend some time watching how Dutch and his team uh, were attacking the, uh, you know, the enemy in there, like the, the, the gorillas, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then... You know, the predator is watching them, uh, you know, understanding them and how they fight. And after he saw how easily he, they took all the gorillas out, he dem- deemed them worthy of being hunted. Yes. And then in the sequel, you get a scene in the subway where the predator encounters a pregnant woman and he spares her because she's pregnant. He, you know, she's not someone worthy to kill. Um, like, you know, similar to, uh, you know, hunters. Like, uh, I was watching the show this past week and the guy, you know, they mark. Uh, uh, lobsters that uh, female lobsters 
that you know have eggs on them and they'll never be hunted again for the rest of their life they'll they're safe well yeah and, and they, so they do that there's a lot of different reasons that that there there's the characteristic of the predators being honorable in what they're doing they have mm-hmm. a, they have like a code of honor essentially yes so despite you seeing how violent and brutal that they are there 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 is some sort of like ethical code that they live by mm-hmm. uh and you see a little bit of that in the sequel though I mean, I, I think people try, have been trying to bring back the sequel as like some sort of hidden gem of like a great movie. I'm like, it's not, guys. It just isn't. And there's some interesting stuff in it, but it's not. Yeah. But yeah, I, there is some interesting lore stuff that they do in uh, the sequel and adding some mm-hmm. kind of characteristics to the Predator. Um, and then with the first one, you're right. They, I mean, the Predator doesn't show up till halfway through the film, give mm-hmm. or take. I mean, you see his little like scanner thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not the first Predator movie isn't really it's not it's, about the Predator so much. It, um, it's not the Predator isn't someone who just kills anyone and everyone. Right, right. And and like you get that even in Aliens versus Predator. So the Predator leaves Lance Hendrickson's character alone because he scans him right, and he sees that he's sick, and he and he and that's deemed as dishonorable because you're talking about the code of. Uh, yeah. conduct and it's yeah. only after hindrancing takes up a weapon and attacks the predator um, that he decides to kill him I'm, I'm sorry what movie are you talking about alien versus aliens versus predator what, alien it, versus- what is that <laughs> <laughs> well in the same movie david the young predators have to hunt a xenomorph without their advanced advanced uh shoulder cannons in order to prove to the clan that they're worthy to hunt right because the xenomorphs were seen as you know uh, honorable prey oh, yeah. and so you know i understand uh, that stuff exists in those other movies but it's just yeah. like uh, let's get it's interesting too to this one. <laughs> one thing you don't know is uh in one of the comics there's a faction of the predators that doesn't follow their code of honor and just kills everything they encounter and the other predators consider them dishonorable and exiled them from their home world and then later they find a way to train the dishonorable ones find a way to train the xenomorphs like attack dogs and they use them for hunting and so they return to the predator homeworld and they start a civil war with their brethren who eventually uh, and kind of barely defeat them and uh, hunt them all down as traitors of their kind hmm. pretty interesting but the major problem with this film that I'm expecting that I wanted to say is that we've already seen this film in the first predator film Dutch had to rely on what the wilderness yep. his wits strategy skills and handmade weapons bow and arrows and traps right dude if he have his if if her like comanche tribe gets systematically taken out by this thing till she's the last one alive it's gonna be like oh great and so i guess the only way they could like properly do this is if the predator was like okay i'm gonna go down to their level and mostly use melee Um, weapons yeah so that's 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 pretty canonized as far as the predator is concerned that they don't they don't use um the tech that kind of technology unless they think it's necessary yep so which with dutch and his team they had studied our weaponry for uh, you know our military forces at that time yeah and again it's it's one of those things that i don't think predator was ever really supposed to be anything than a one-off movie it was about an about some about an alien hunting uh you know some military guys in the like big buff military guys fighting an alien like Mm -hmm. you know and there's sweat and there's blood and there's cursing like that and don't get me wrong but it's predator is a really it's actually a really good movie there's a lot of mm-hmm. really good character stuff in it uh 
but it wasn't really supposed to be anything beyond that. And this feels like it's trying to be almost the female version of the light that counteract that. Well, no, I get a well, kind of, but I get a art house vibe from this movie. Mm. Like they're they're trying to make it like predator cinematic, like cinematic in this in the same way uh, that stuff that gets Oscars is cinematic, you know. Uh, they're going and it like you have even like this shot and not that movies can't look good. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing a lot of stuff in this that I don't under like I don't understand. And I know this yeah. is just the first trailer, um, but I I don't know. It you know people have been kind of making the Revenant comparison or whatever, which might even be a good. It's like this is about an alien from outer space that likes to hunt stuff for trophy like we'll make it at least the second movie has that camp to it the, the yeah. second movie is kind of at least aware of what it is to a degree <laughs> yeah right well I, I think what you get in the first film too is with dutch he's or honor schwarzenegger right first yeah. off they make him more of a competent actor in that uh secondly i would suggest secondly he can't like he's a buff guy but he can't rely on his strength and it takes him a while to figure that out he can't just overpower this he has to go beyond that and so it kind of upends that machoism you know in the film that is you know drawn throughout there right Uh, yeah yeah uh yeah it gets they it gives you the sense of the first movie being macho because it is and then that being somewhat taken away from them Mm -hmm. because they're now having to or they're getting knocked out one by one i mean most of the guys in that right. movie never even realize what's killing them because they, yeah. they're dead before um before they even get to see the um the monster yep. um and it just it's smarter than they are which is what it really comes down to that's not just uh you can't just rely on that strength or whatever it's like he you yeah. know oh this is a great example dude of it probably being sort of nearly one for one for the first movie she's she's going to realize at some point of the heat that it, it's tracking heat signatures and so now she's dipping into the mud because this is exactly what dutch does at the end of mm-hmm. uh, of the first one um yeah it's just I, repeating the same story and it's funny because this is ripped from uh i don't know if you've ever read the predator jungle tales comic but no. it's set in africa and a young man of a tribe must go and hunt a lioness alone as a rite of passage right yeah and uh, so he's looking up in the sky and he sees a strange looking comet like object float fly on by. Right. And, uh, the next scene is him going and he, and he goes to hunt the lioness and he kills it and he brings it back to the village. And then he sees that the village has been massacred and, uh, you know, it's, you know, they've been strung up, de-skinned and beheaded. Right. And then he finds the, some footprints and he goes and hunts the predator. He ends up barely killing the predator and surviving, um, the encounter, and uh, then a second predator arrives and takes the spear he used to kill the predator back as a, a trophy, and he leaves him alone because uh, he, you know, the guy's near death, and he's like, okay, he, you know, fought the predator, he had to, right? Yeah. And so uh, the guy ends up taking the predator, he killed his gear and stuff as a trophy and and different things, and in the final scenes, he's older and he's looking up in the sky and he sees another strange like comet coming out but he's now he's he's wiser he's more prepared and he takes his shield and his weapon he got from the predator to go on the hunt again kind of the same premise here oh great except for they didn't set it in africa 
so again, I think the premise is interesting, but Hulu's owned by Disney, so I doubt they ex- execute properly. Yeah, this is what we're going to get out of a lot of these franchises now. Yep. Um, I, and I think there's some interesting things they could do with the Predator, but I just don't know. You know, we'll wait to see the film, but it's not looking like it's going to be good. Yeah, well, we don't have to wait long. I think it comes out in August, right? Yep, August. So, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to tell from a single trailer. But this this really does uh, give off a lot of those same vibes that Hollywood's been doing where you have this like woman that no one is taking seriously for whatever reason. And now she has to like go out and prove to everyone that she's better than they all think. Here's a shot. Here's a shot of uh, like a silhouette of the predator. That's that's not it's it's not terrible. It's interesting. It has white um, uh, colonials in it, I guess. And oh, so if oh I was no. a generous man, <laughs> I would say, she, you know, she's going to team up with them to help defeat and, and they're going to uh, put away their trust issues. Right. And they're going to team up together no. and learn new <laughs> things and to take out the predator. No. If I was a more cynical man, I would say the real enemy is going to be them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The the predator and, and the girl are going to team up to take out all of the colonizers. The colonizers. Um, what's probably going to happen is that these guys will show up for one specific scene to show how powerful the predator is. Like I would imagine this potentially takes yeah. place pretty early on uh, just to kind of show that and they're going to say a whole bunch of like awful things about the indians and then get killed so because that'll justify why it was okay for the predator to just wipe them all out kill them yeah, yeah. that that would be my guess that would be my guess i'm we'll kind of i'm excited to see it just for the mostly out of curiosity at this point because man i didn't think that they were gonna make a worse predator movie than the one shane black put out a couple of years ago um which i think is just called the predator uh, the 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 name of these movies uh, is confusing because yeah. it's it's so it, it's been such a decline over the years. Um, so you've got Predator, you got Predator Two, and then you have uh those movies that I pretty much just pretend like don't e- exist with the Alien versus Predator, especially yeah. Re- especially Requiem. That is an awful <laughs> that's an awful movie. Um, and then you got Predators, which not great but but it had some good ideas in it there were yeah I, that moves up the list the more of these movies that seem to come out and then you got <laughs> the predator and then you got this one and I, I don't think i'm forgetting anything um yeah it's twilight it's, the predator <laughs> yeah it, it's a series that really has been one good movie that spawned a lot of stuff that either is just kind of middling to awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So no, even if we weren't talking about the, uh, the progressive ideology, that's like, that's just blatantly in everything that Hollywood's doing now. I'd mm-hmm. still tell you this probably wouldn't be very good just based on its track record. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the last, the last predator movie that came out wasn't, it didn't really have like a ton of political ideology in it. Um, except I think Shane black was attempting to make, um autism like cool and it just came off really lame because he was trying to do this thing where it was like oh they're they're on like people who are on the spectrum are a new branch of evolution and one day that's all that will exist and all of the other types of people will be wiped out or whatever so this one kid in the movie is autistic 
and he's supposed to somehow he ends up being really smart and that's how they sort of beat the predator in that and it just it comes off really weird yeah um and not what i think he was trying to do in the same way when people force these situations of these like small women um being able to accomplish things that someone like you take the first predator movie right where a majority of these well-trained like militia style guys yeah these special forces guys um and one of them survive yeah one of them survives and barely yep uh, and then you have a situation like this where it's like, oh, this little girl is going to be the last one standing at the end of this. Unless they unless they subvert our expectations, Joseph. You never yeah. know. You never know. Dutch will yeah, show up. Yeah. He's like, I'm a time traveler. <laughs> As a Terminator. So, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Uh, do you want to talk do about re- do you want to talk about Black Adam? Or are we going to nah, I'm good. Uh, I don't I don't know if there was really I uh, the one thing I would say is that Ooh, I, I think, another superhero movie. Yeah, exactly. And I, I I think that Pierce Brosnan uh was a good choice for Doctor Fate. Okay. I, it, aesthetically, I think it makes a lot of sense to go with him. Um, we'll just leave it at that. Then. He just he kind of oozes that uh that character. I think it was a good casting. The rest of it, I don't really know. I don't. They're bringing it. I mean, they are working overtime to bring in a whole bunch of extra DC characters into this. Yep. Uh, this is the problem DC has still had over the years where they just, they can't, Throw them they all can't in. stay focused. They can't stay focused. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. I mean, it, that's one of those movies that I'd rather wait to see it when it comes out to, to be able to uh, give some more information about it. Cause that is not a character that I know a whole lot about anyway. Same. So I mean, it uh, looks like hey. a, you know, like it may be a decent, movie as long as there's not like a ton of characters in it um yeah and if you guys want to see the trailer it'll be in the show notes so yep check that out well joseph do you have anything else you want to add before we close out no that is it man all right well thank you guys and uh we'll be back next week with more entertainment and social type news uh i'm sure you know the 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 j6 hearings will be over by then um and i'm sure there'll be other stuff for us to talk about hopefully we'll actually get to review the Warriors. I'm going to have to go watch it again. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> you can blame Joseph for that one. And, and the Lord of the Rings trailer, hopefully. Oh, is that supposed to be this coming week? It's supposed to be any day. or whatever? It's, yeah, it's oh, supposed brother. to be any day. Well, please. Been yeah, that way I'll, for the past week and a half. I, I'm sure you'll text me as soon as you realize it's available because I won't be yeah. paying attention. <laughs> oh, I'm paying attention. All right. Well, until next week, guys, y'all take it easy. Take it easy. Let me hear Kill me! Come on, kill me, I'm here. Come on, do it now. Being patient with him, I try to. But you got room temperature IQ. Expecting a lecture from these idiot guys who got opinions not worth it's what's under my shoe. Y'all tripping on truth when we call it out. Cause y'all people as goofy as I'll get out. If y'all with him and not with you, I'd sit out. Cause every rapper's on the list now, mad at a pitch count. Flowing heaters like my soul's beat up. No people focus on hoaxes in the shows he book. And I'm hoping to open doors and I got foes and such. But I know that I'll be opposing to the goal. I must start attacking. Ain't lacking my brains lashed in. Same way that I game is the same way of the backhand. All the pain that I bring up is like the bang to the Batman. I'm back cracking. Whack trends claiming they rap bands and backtracking. Give a crap about the what's his face. Only thing you out rapping is a sandwich at Subway. And y'all just so happen to welcome beef on my lunch plate. And you are a disaster and this can only go one way. And you're steady flashing guns in your music viz And I know you do it for the fun But what you doing is Abusing every rule Of course you can use it quick You're showing the world You don't know what you are doing
It's one thing that I want you to see. It's everybody is ignorant. It's only when you speak on what you don't know you become slow and that ignorance crosses into stupidity. Yet I'm still spending my energy debating enemies that tend to be idiots, really inept politically, that don't have the depth or riddle me. Oh well, it'll be co-chance in hell, so riddle me this. How am I supposed to take you serious when all of your positions are socially expedient? Thinking you a rebel, but at most you obedient, opposing opinions make folks be belligerent. A cult and religious, all you know what's on CNN and vote what you told by the folks that got to send this message. Oh, you a hypocrite and I'm in awe because the diversity you advocate is not in thought. You get away with it because you placed in a freaking chamber with echoes ringing, surrounded by a bunch of brainless. Your aim is yet all the same shame because you ain't slick, afraid to relate of the things because you nameless. Tainted, weak, empathetic, you epitomize Politic ties cause you scared to be criticized Ancient trick, you ain't say this You afraid to unplug from the matrix Basic, why would you waste your time?